Ladies and gentlemen, we're back for a magnificent Tuesday evening, Wednesday evening of Lace Out with the great man Chris Pepper, the greater man Jamie Wallace, celebrating the great game of AFL football round 13 and a little bit of 14 is in the books, but Jamie, it's great to see you again. Congratulations. Moved into the new premises. Yes, thank you. House. Yes. And sorry, mate, but lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's going on? What are you, what, well, what are you feeling? What's, what's I, your vibe? What's your marbo? All right. So I am absolutely pumped for footy 2.0. I'm loving the festival of footy 2.0 at the moment. I'm just, if you just get home or you're home already because you can't go anywhere, you flick it on the footy and off you go. I love it. I love it. And you know what the frustrating thing, though, is? And, you know, viewers, listeners, you know, leave us a comment on our Facebook page because we come here every every Tuesday, but tonight it's Wednesday, uh, on our Facebook page to bring you this fantastic podcast. And we also distribute it through our partners, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're everywhere. On the same, mate. But the thing that drills me at the moment is just the games and the weird start times. Like you turn the footy, you turn the news on, and they're already halfway through the second quarter. Yeah. Tomorrow night, the D play the Swans. I need to make sure that as soon as I finish work, I need to flick the TV on. It's a 4.40 start. Yeah. So most of the time, the Ds start late in games. I need to make sure <laughs> they, don't, they don't turn up at 6 o'clock. Otherwise, it's going to be an absolute nightmare against the Swans. But you're right. The footy frenzy's back. I think it's 18 games in 11, ga- 11 days. I really like it. I, I'd, I'd love to see more of it next year. I am... Um... Last weekend, I really struggled with the – or the last two weeks, sorry, struggled with the traditional Friday night games and then Sunday finishes or Monday finishes. I struggled with that. Yeah. I did not like it at all. I love it. They're all back. The footy's back. Everything's back. So much to talk about. Let's get into the first area. We've got, Like I said, the first thing that we always talk about, it's time to swing the magnets. So who got your three votes for the weekend and who got dragged? So who's getting dragged for their performance on the weekend. Uh, where do you want to start? I'll leave this one up to you this time. Um, let's go. What way should we go? I'm going to go three, two, one. No, yep. one, two, three, one, two, three. All right. Yep. All right. Uh, my first votes go to the Gold Coast Suns. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, really like, really like the way they played. I really like the fact that they were resilient. They're coming off the back of, I think, a five or six week uh, streak loss. Um, and to turn it around North Melbourne, um, was really, really glad to see that club do that because we all know Pepsi have watched footy now for years, decades. Um, the Suns at this time of the year tend to get a bit cool. So to see them uh, run hot was good. Number two, number two is a bit of a tight one. I'm going to give it to... The Melbourne Football Club for number two oh. votes. Wow. I thought that the game was as weird as all hell, but I loved it. Was a, it was a strange game, yeah? I mean, as a Melbourne person, you have to admit with that. It was a weird game. It was. I, I, I'll be honest, mate. I didn't watch it. <laughs> because <laughs> it was because this, was Mel- this was Melbourne all over it. Any Melbourne supporters out there, and we know there's plenty who listen mm-hmm. to this every single week, they'd, be, they'd know exactly how we felt about this game coming in. Yeah. 
And I had people going, mate, you've got this in the bag, haven't you? Half time, mate, you've got this easy, well done. I'm like, mm, that's Melbourne. <laughs> You're kidding yourself, aren't you? <laughs> haven't you seen enough over the last number of years to, to realise what's going on? Yep. Um, so I'm going to give Melbourne the um, the two votes because the win over St Kilda not only won, it reassured you guys back into the finals um, in the race anyway for it. If you lost that, you're out basically. So that was good. Um, and St Kilda, um, you predicted Peps. The, the slide continues for St Kilda and they're looking a bit shaky, but I still think they'll get in. Number three... I'm just going to give this to. I'm just going. I'm just going to give this to and be completely biased. I'm going to give it to the Port Adelaide recruiting slash contract team for getting Sam Power Pepper and Charlie Dixon uh, three year extensions onto their contract. So well done to Port Adelaide. Very very nice. Very nice. So I'm going to uh, go a little bit different. I'm going to give one vote to the St Kilda Football Club for playing a. Absolutely belting game against the D's. It wasn't the highest scoring game, but it was just pressure football. It was in the beautiful Alice Springs scenery. They did get pipped by a couple of points. They've lost their last two games by three and two points, respectively. Five games this year, they've lost by under a goal. Sorry, five games they've have been decided by under a goal, and four of those they've lost. They're going to kick themselves at the end of the season. But they were, they were fantastic. So when I did watch the replay about four times, they did play some fantastic football. Yep. I will continue the biasness. I'm going to give two votes to C. Petrarca. He played an he – just, he's just a bull this year. If he's not all Australian, lock him in, give him the jacket, size him up, take him to Nonna's house and everything else. He was amazing. If four goals, four out of Melbourne's eight goals he kicked – yeah, you can't ask for much more than that. No, great and, season, and it wasn't just the the one that he beat three people on the line for. Uh, at the end of the game, it was a big sixty meter bomb front. So he's just doing everything right. He's doing it's just awesome to see. Yeah, but there was another Melbourne player that I give the votes to. Three mm. votes. S. May. <laughs> yeah. Best game he played for the Melbourne Demons since he uh, joined us. I think last year he stuffed up. He realized everything that he did was completely wrong. He's totally turned himself around. And I'm telling you what, whoever beats him for the fullback in the All-Australian team this year has to be doing something that the selectors are not seeing. The selectors are seeing that May's not doing. Because if you have a look at his chart of players that he's beaten this year, he hasn't had too many goals kicked on him across the board. I think he had Lynch got a hold of him. He's held a lot of the gun full forwards, Hawkins, sorry. A lot of the gun full forwards held them to, to virtually nothing as well too. So he played his best game, and it just goes to show that having him down there with Lever, Tomlinson's moved down there, they're really showing up their backline, and he was the only reason Melbourne won on the weekend. So three votes to SMA for me. Rightio, who's getting dragged for yours? Or do you want me to start with the dragged? Where do you want to go with this? You go with the dragged. All right. I'll tell you who what. You know who I'd be sending the runner out to right now? I would be sending the runner out to the North Melbourne Football Club. Mmm. What is going on at that place? They got they got beaten on the weekend. They got they got pumped by Gold Coast. Yep. This was a club that thought they were going to be not just finals contenders, but could have had a tilt at it this year. Yeah. They've gone backwards at a rate of knots. Their football is just as bad, if not worse, and this is a lot, is just as bad as what Melbourne served up when Mark kneeled. Was coaching. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's how bad they're going. 
did they pull the trigger on uh, Scott too quick? I don't know, but they've got a lot of questions to ask themselves. And once again, the war chest will be open, but no one wants to take any money of it. Who would want to go there? No. no. Well, the player who did decide to go there on big money and they gladly took him is Jared Pollock. And and he's a player, he's a $3.5 million player who's just sitting on the bench at the moment. Barely, you know, and that photo the other day of him in, I think it was the Herald Sun, was pretty damning. He's playing for a practice team for the Collingwood Football Club. Yep. Well, interestingly, and that is that's going to be coming up as one of my uh, one of my quick hands for today is related to that with with Polak. You know what's going on with him in North? Is yeah. there something there that no one is seeing? Yeah, it's too much money to be having on the table. But the fact that he had to play for another team, yeah, that's that's adding insult to injury. Well, what's 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 he looking at now? He's looking at um, eleven years in the AFL system. He's looking at. For his fourth club, yeah, fourth club because he ran. He left Brisbane. Remember, a lot of them left Brisbane that year. Him, Yo, and a couple others. Yep, dived out there. Down. Yep. So he went to at Port Adelaide because that's we wanted to be closer to home and 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 whatever, return to his home state. Then he left Port Adelaide to chase the coin at North Melbourne, and now he's under his fourth club, and really he is not worth it, and. In terms of the clubs who have let him go, no one there is saying great things about him. I mean, it's all uh, me, 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 and defensive efforts just don't work or he is, he's not prepared to work defensively. Um, and for a player who was so highly touted, he really has no currency and no legacy at AFL at the moment. That, well, there you go. Joel Michaels come up with a great question. He says, how's Polak get best in, best on in a scratch match between the Pies and the Ds and he's playing for North and can't get a gig in North's best 22? Yep. I'm telling you now, mate, there is something happening off the field that they just don't want him to play. They don't want him part of it. Yep. And the fact they can't even find a spot for Ben Brown adds more insult to injury. We've gone, I reckon, on about Ben Brown and what's going on there for the last number of weeks. I'm not going to go yeah. into it again. But no. Something is definitely on the nose there at yeah. North Melbourne. So it's cool. not good. So that's who's getting dragged for me. Have you got you dragging anyone this week? Who am I dragging this week? I'm going to drag – not really. I mean, it's I mean, it's a big news week, but it's not a big news week, you know. Like all the teams played pretty well. Um, I was pretty impressed with – um, the Bulldogs and their fight. I was pretty much with Adelaide and their fight last week. I mean, no, I'm actually. I was actually pretty happy with the with the quality of football over the weekend. Finding that the games are getting they're getting better. Yeah, like the, at, towards the end of the year, over the last number of years, the the eight set. It's all finished. No one needs to worry about it anymore. It's different now. 17 mm. games. We'll get into that shortly. Mm. All right, snakes and ladders. So let's have a look at who look at the ladder before we get into the, the, the nitty-gritty of the round as well too. So the snakes and ladders. Oh, and by the way, can I just quickly mention something to you, Fox Footy? <laughs> AFL 360, stop stealing our material. I tuned in last night and there's Slobbo and Jared pulling up a ladder and giving a bit of the old oh, snakes and ladders up and downs and that sort of stuff. They didn't, did they? They pulled, they've, they've stolen our material. I didn't get an email from them. Did you get an email oh, from nah, them? Oh, no, I, I just got on the My Lawyer Cease and Desist letter. It's been sent out to them. Oh, that's bullshit. It's crap. Uh, 
but yeah, they must be scraping the bottom of the barrel if they're stealing our material. Hey, uh, so looking at this from last week, not many changes from in terms of who went in, who went out, but it was more of a change that happened within the eight, eight slots as well too. So Melbourne kept their slots. St Kilda have dropped further down. West Coast, even though they won last night, has put them into the top four, but we're going by the end of round 14. So they're sitting there nicely. It looks like Richmond are doing a number on Fremantle at the moment. So we'll keep you in tune with that as things go along. Collingwood's win over Carlton uh, has kept them in the hunt. If they had lost on the weekend, it would have made it very, very difficult. Yep. Uh, Melbourne's win has, has kept them in, and with a superior percentage, if they if they beat the Swans and Fremantle over the next couple of weeks, it's going to set them up for a pretty good tilt of things. The GWS's win on the weekend kept them in the hunt as well. Uh, the Bulldogs. The challenge for the doggies is that they need the percentage. So even if they even if they keep winning at the same rate that GWS and Melbourne do, their percentage is a little bit behind. So if they get beaten, they can't get beaten by much. And I think Essendon are now a game and maybe percentage behind. So it's going to make it tough. Essendon have a massively challenging run on the way home. And I think after what Carlton and, and Gold, after what Carlton did on the weekend with the big big lead that they gave up, they're not going to be going to get be able to get back in as well too. So even though they're a game behind, they're a couple of games behind on percentage as well too. Yep. This is what I'm like this is why I'm really loving the 17 round season right now Jamie is because every game, you know, last year we were already talking about finals, who's tanking, all that sort of stuff. Mm. There's so much, so much still to be talked about with so little many, so little rounds to go. It's jockeying for position. It's like, it's like they're heading into the straight at the Melbourne Cup and the sprint's yep. going to happen. And, yep. you know, who's going to set them up for that tilt on the run home? It's it's exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty – I don't think the four will change. Let me get, let me get, that, let me get that ladder back up for you, mate. Thank you. Um, I don't think the four will change. I think I know if, if I know Port Adelaide's got a, a, a buy this week, that's done for them. But if they win one more game this season, I think they're pretty much locked in a top four position. Um, maybe maybe Richmond will come up, but that that buy really hurt. I mean that um, draw back in round two really hurt them. Yeah. The big one for you really is uh, the the biggest change I see coming is around the six, seven, eight, St Kilda. Could lose, they drop out. You guys have still got a game in hand, which means that if you if you to theoretically win that game, you're on equal points to St Kilda and and two points behind Collingwood. I don't know. I see I see the bottom three fighting for um, right down to the wire. Yep. Uh, I look, I'm looking at this now. I'm still not set on the top four. Still not mm-hmm. set on it. Yep. West Coast have a couple of challenging games coming up. They've got the Bulldogs to come up, and I just had a look at it a moment ago. They've got oh, – they just had – they've got St Kilda. So West Coast have St Kilda to come up, and they've also got uh, the Bulldogs as well too. So two teams who want to make it in could potentially have their their spots dashed by West Coast. Oh, don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know. All right, but the rest, the rest are done. Um, I don't know. I mean, we can we can write off Adelaide Crows. They're going to get uh, pick one next year. Yep. North North are going to stay where they are. Sydney going to stay where they are. I don't, I don't think North are going to win another game this season. Here's an interesting one. The Cats are sitting second, and they've got three first round picks next year, or three first round picks in this draft. 
coming up. <laughs> I, I almost fell off. Much That's all right. From what, from what I've heard, from what I've heard, this draft this year is wasn't as strong anyway as last year. Um, and as you said, it's severely compromised. Oh, and like I'm really caring about the teams that are bottoming out now and it's a compromised draft. Our team's had to deal with it for so many years. So just, <laughs> uh, Clarko, I think, was having a bit of a uh, suki la la about it last night. Yep. Nah, not good enough at all. Rightio. Let's get into the news of the round. Plenty to talk about. It's a super intro that we've had. Look, the announcement today simply came into it. The big game has been decided. Yo Gabba Gabba. Yo Gabba Gabba. The Gabba gets the GF for 2020. Congratulations to them. It's going to be held on the same day as the Cox play. I think it's October 25. Going to be a night grand final. Perfect. It's going to be, I'm, I'm pumped for it. Night what? grand final, 30,000. Those seats that they have, you know, all the multicolored seats. I'm mm-hmm. finally going to have a first-class game to trick the crowd at. So that game, that crowd's going to look absolutely bumper. Yep. And you know what? Kudos to the AFL because they could have taken the money over from Perth because I think they were throwing a good 35-plus mil at them for the game. Yep. And they've rewarded the state that virtually saved the game. Yep. Gillam McLaughlin came out, gave them nothing but praise. Amazing that Adelaide were the second place. So just in case something happens and there is a COVID breakout at the end of the year, Adelaide will get the game. Yep. So I don't think uh, Mark McGowan, even though he was looking out for his state, the way he treated the game in the early days uh, has probably bit him on the tush leading into the last uh, couple of days with the announcement today. Yep, good. It is a knobhead. He's, not, <laughs> he's just a dickhead. Uh, he, he, is a, he is a complete spud, yeah. Not a, not a big fan of him. Not a big fan of him as well. But, but if, uh, um, if, if Brisbane get bad, um, Adelaide is going to host the um, the grand final. So, I mean, a Port Adelaide home grand final. Simples. Cool, but, and the great thing is as well, though, that your teams, the Perth teams and the Adelaide teams are still going to be playing their home finals if, they're, uh, if they've earned the right. The interesting thing is if they have to play them in Queensland for whatever reason it might be, yep. the team that's higher, so even if the Victorian team plays a Brisbane-based team, they'll actually choose which ground it's played at. So it's kind of cool that the AFL have actually thought about the teams out there as well too. Yep. Massive stuff. Hey, quick question. Quick mm-hmm. hands. Lovely mm-hmm. question that's just coming off the chat uh, from the donkeys. Back again, Ross Bartlett. Has Noah Bolter and Alex Rance ever been seen in the same room? <laughs> That's a really good question. That's I think a, um Ooh, I think he could be onto something here. He's he's playing some good footy, isn't he, Bolter? I think uh I think you're onto something. So, well, the way he's finishing off could get in the All Australian <laughs> squad. Could be in the All Australian squad. But he has to get through Stephen May, and let's be honest, Roscoe. Bolter's played some great footy recently, but Stephen May's had the far better season. So yep. great to hear from you, mate. Keep keep it on the chat. All right. Next thing I want to bring up is the streak has been broken. How good was it to see Adelaide get their first win last night? Yeah. Against Hawthorne. So there's two sets of questions, two sets of discussion that we have to talk about here. First uh-huh. and foremost, uh-huh. first getting their first win, they were zero and uh, they were zero and thirteen. Thirteen games in a row that they've lost. They get their first win. 
Matthew Nix has come out and said that times you start questioning what's going on. Why am I even doing this thing? So it was great to see him. Yep. On the flip side, where does Clarko go from here? Was that just... Was that just a disappointing across the board? You know, drag Alistair Clarkson sucking up about the compromised drafts after pillaging the comp for years. We've just spoken about that. Totally agree. What was the biggest story to come out of this game? I think it's probably... I, don't, I actually don't think you could have got two more fascinating teams to look at for a game result like this because Adelaide were coming off, what is it, 375 days since their last win, something crazy. 13 months or something along those lines, yep. So, look, one team was going to always have to lose in this season. I I think that was always going to happen. It's inevitable. Um, They weren't going to go through completely winless, even though it was a great story for a Port Adelaide supporter myself. Um, But Clarko, that is fascinating. Clarko is in a fascinating situation because they've – Played some good footy, but to come out and it's off a four or three day game break there. So to come out and he's had been very vocal and trying to take the heat as all good coaches can and you know shift the narrative. But this, this, this is going to hurt. This is one is going to hurt him. Yeah, because Adelaide had no business to win that game. They didn't. But the thing is, is that they've won by thirty five points. What stunned me about this is that they had 23 scoring shots to 13. Well, they dominated them. And, I, yep. you know, from the amount of the game that I did watch, which was probably the first, the last five minutes before halftime, Adelaide were running over them. Fourth yes. just looked. They've got no depth. They've got no depth. They've got no leadership. Stratton. The amount of Hawthorne people calling for Stratton's head over on the chats last night was out of control. Mm-hmm. They've their recruits that they've brought in. Goodness gracious me, are they the biggest bunch of no name? I shouldn't say no name brands, but are they the biggest bunch of names that have done nothing? Scully, nothing. Wingard, nothing. Uh, Tom Mitchell did nothing. Uh, who else can I bring into this? Sam Frost. Apparently, no Frost, no Hawthorne. That's been the the, the, the motto being thrown around at the moment. They're just, they've got nothing. And what blows my mind is less than a week earlier, they were down by, what, six goals against Essendon and came back and won it? Yep. How how does that happen? It's a bit of the break. And I think, I don't don't know, this is a weird one. This is a weird one and I don't, where does it leave them now on the ladder, Hawthorne? Where are they now? 15th. Yeah, shit. Okay. When was the last time you saw Hawthorne 15th? Oh, early, early 2000s. Would have been, wouldn't have been, it'd been a long, long time ago. A yeah. long, long time ago. Yeah. So look, I, I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't think Clark is going to go anywhere, but I just, I, I think next year, I don't know. I, he's got runs in the bank for me. As a coach, he's got runs in the bank. He has, but has he got the draft picks to do something with? Like, that's the thing. Well, they got where they're going to finish what, around the 15th, 14th mark, potentially. I mean, that gets you inside. That gets you inside the first few picks. Um, I don't think there's any compromises this year in terms of the draft other than the, the, the COVID season itself. Um, so, yeah, I, I reckon they'll be looking at shopping off a couple of their players at the end of the season. But who, who, who are you going to shop off? Like, really, who, who are you going to sell? Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. You've got I'm just no saying. one to sell, mate. 
they have got no one to sell. Yeah. Burgoyne's done. They're not going to get rid of Warple. They're not going to get rid of uh, Mitchell. No. And not going to get rid of Wingard. Sicily's gone. They're not going to yeah. get rid of Wingard. Scully, who's going to buy him? Hey, if you want a footballer that runs, go for him. If you want to, he's probably the. I, I still can't believe he gets. He was a gun at Melbourne. And as soon as he took the money, went completely off the rails. He hasn't did nothing at GWS and he did nothing at Hawthorne so far. Yeah. Frost, yeah. they need him at down back. Frawley's done. Yeah. Stratton's cooked. Yeah. And he's the, almost and like. The pro- and the problem is when he's bought, he's bought in a lot of these players from other clubs. So when clubs get them, they're onto their third club. They want a bit of a discount by that time. Oh yeah, well, so that's, what, that's with Polak. Like if you, if North try to flog off Polak, you'd be getting him at a bargain basement price. Another one from your mobs, Jack Watts. He could potentially go to a third club if not pull the pin, depending on how bad his ankle injury is. Yeah, you, you'll get him for basically nothing. Yeah, and I think Motlop's the same for us. Like he's got another year or so, but no one's going to get him after that. Yeah, um, there's a great there's a great comment actually in the chat. If you want to put that up onto the screen, I only get half of it because it's Joel. He's written War and Peace. All right, I'll read it then. Clarko is a great top end talent coach for a team thereabouts. He cannot rebuild a club. Silver Spoon his entire career with top ups. Not going to the well, the draft, for a long time has hurt them. Absolutely. I agree with that. He had that super draft. Nah, don't agree, mate. Oh, okay. Don't agree at all with that one. I agree. He did have the super draft. He's, he had his three he had his three pillars and he built around that. And then because they were successful and the system allowed them to top up with talent, um, that kept their club afloat for a very long time. Yeah, but you know what, though, Jamie? This is the thing that you need to think about, though. When he first joined that club in 2005, they won five, lost 17. The next year, won nine, lost 13. 2007, they went 14 and 10. 2008, 24, uh, sorry, 20 and 5. And then 2009, they had a stumble. Those first couple of years he was there, he, their team was, wasn't fantastic whatsoever and he'd made the call to get rid of a lot of their um a lot of those players that they just had to they just had to get rid of them he was very lucky though that the 2001 was a super draft though yeah but the players that came in they they clicked at the right time but they all clicked it's very rare that you will see a draft that awesome where everything just clicked yeah i just and that was why you know roughhead franklin lewis a virtual, like seriously, you can't ask for much more than that. It was just mm, thorough. Yeah. Like he, he had a lot to work with, but he built that. But he was smart the way they recruited. Remember the whole they had um, Jade Rawlings or whatever it was. Yep, it was. they also had the left. He also went for a lot of left footers. Yep, and played a high kicking, high kicking game. Clarko's cluster, like he deserves all the success he can get. But what can you do with a team that's where they are at the moment? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I'm just looking through that list of that, that super draft year. Jesus Christ, we wasted some picks that year. Oh, don't worry about that. We probably picked up players that never played a game. We're good at that. Barry Brooks. Jesus Christ, I never Barry heard Brooks that Barry Brooks from St. Kilda. Mate, he was a gun. He was a gun in the uh, Essendon District Football League. Played some good games down at Abbas for a number of years. All righty. Um, yeah, I just think that's going to be that's going to be a tough one for them. A tough mm. one for them. All right. Uh, something else I have to quickly bring you up, but yeah, going from that great great story with Adelaide, they're going to get their first win. 
I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to get much else for the rest of the year. Unfortunately, it's going to make it just as tough for them. Yep. You know, they, they, they're going to walk into an easy. Oh, they got the Giants this week. Yeah, but after what the Giants did last week, no chance of anything happening there. They got Carlton. Oh, you never know. And then they have got Richmond. They're going to win one game for the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I think. I, I thought. I said at the start of the year they're probably going to win about four or five. I think. Yep. I probably yeah. I had I didn't see him this bad, but I mean it is what it is for the for for them. Um, they've had they've had quite a few players also um, who are going to walk out the door Adelaide at season's end. Yeah. Um, and they're also looking at shopping off a fair few of their players as well just to get um some youth and some some they they just change to. the team. Yeah. yeah, they need to. So the thing with the thing with North though is is that they've got their first round pick, but they're also going to get Melbourne's first round pick as well. So North, we need, or which went yeah. Adelaide. Yeah, no, North as well. So North okay, is yeah. second last, but yeah. Um, one thing I need to bring up today, and it was announced, if you haven't heard, uh, the Irish from Pierce Haley has retired after 169 games today, 129 for Brisbane, 40 for Gold Coast. Interesting thing is he's the 11th player to retire at 169 games, but the first to do so without having played a drawn game. And he also joins Greg Burns on that number without playing a final. And I think that's a man who got... The, the most out of his career. He was an Irishman. Remember when he first came on, he was speedy. He speedy, would do his yep. little trickies. He was a gun for Brisbane. And, he, and you know what? He was a, he was a credit to, to to Gold Coast as well too. So for Pierce, congratulations on an awesome career. For you. And uh, I hope all the gold is at the end of the rainbow there for you, Sonny. <laughs> um, can we talk about something that um, blows my mind? What blows your mind, Jamie Wallace? What What do you want to cover, mate? I want to talk about a particular 196 centimetre ex forward for GWS, who then went over to Fremantle. Yep. Who has just decided to call it quits again? Have I are we, are, the we lead having, in that? are we having a stab at a certain Mister Cam McCarthy here? We are having a certain stab. He not only – I think we – did we cover it last week? He not only walked out of his club last Thursday – or Wednesday, sorry. Now he's saying that he wants to go and resurrect his career back in a Victorian club and has nominated his own club after just walking out. Like, is this the kind of – He wants to know. go to Collingwood. I don't know. I don't get it. He took, he took a year out of AFL when GWS said – uh, yeah, you're going, but you're going to have a year off your contract because whatevs. He went, okay. And now he's about to, he's quit Frio because he's not getting a run there in that team and he thinks he can crack it in the Collingwood Football Club? Come on, well, come on. Who does he have to beat in that forward line? Oh, it's a decent forward Dugowie, line. Dugowie, Stevenson, Majacek, Mason Cox. Yeah. could probably beat him. Yeah, the, yeah uh, Jamie Elliott. So yeah. you're, you're in fantasy land if you think you're actually going to get a game at Collingwood. Who'd yeah. want him? That's Who exactly right. Who would want him? He hasn't played that much football. He sounds like he's got a case of the Polax too. <laughs> Probably does. He's got a case of the Polax like, yeah, look at me, look at me. Look, maybe maybe he's a different cat. Maybe he's a weird cat. I don't know. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's, that doesn't scream a teammate. No. Teammate, you want to be with? No, it, it sounds like he's a guy that only cares about one thing and one thing only, and that's himself. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't get his way, the uh, the baby goes out with the bathwater. Bang. 
Yeah. Um, another one for Joel Michael. He just said there whispers North, but North willing to uh, willing to salary dump Pollock and will pay up to half his contract. He will go for a second or third round at a cost of a club of 400K. Still too much money. Any, any, well, any, I wouldn't pay that for him. Anyone who watches Pollock, and trust me, as a Port Adelaide person, I have watched a lot defensively, he will make you pull your hair out. Terrible. He's terrible. He is terrible. And you, need two, you need two ways. You need to play both defensively and attacking, and he won't, he won't work defensively. So no, no, they won't. They good luck, won't. 400K a year. Bargain. Who's the bargain for? Bargain for North because they've saved 400 grand? <laughs> Mate, I'd be given a packet of Lifesavers, a Sunny Boy T-shirt, and maybe one of those, you know, those visors that they give out at the cricket that are paper ones that you have to fold in the back and cuts in the back of you. I'd give maybe two of those. <laughs> anything, more, anything more, you're asking way too much. The irony in this is all is we're talking about a player who would perfectly suit North Melbourne. Maybe they could do a straight swap. Straight swap for themselves. There's your forward. There's You're your talking forward. about someone who has got a good left footer, can kick the ball and break the lines and has a bit of speed, but that's exactly the player that North needs. Do you know the worst thing is Melbourne need a player like Polak, but he's only one way. Oh, we'll probably <laughs> sign him. We, we do things like that. You know who might pick him up? Carlton might pick him up. Because they're getting um, everybody again. Yeah. Yeah. Question came in. Hey, will Carlton get any new players next year, or how will they go? Uh, I think Carlton are going to be all right next year. I think they've shown a, shown a lot. It is a question yep. for some quick hands later on. They reckon Zach Williams is on on the radar, massively into him. Yep. Still a little bit too early at this stage, but the, the flip side is apparently Paddy Dow wants to leave and, mm. and explore his options, which is fair enough. He's got a fair bit to compete with down there. Who would have seen Casbold having the year he's having? No. No one would have seen that coming. So, yeah, he wants to maybe move on a little bit as well. And I think yep. he just fell out of a bit of favour with, with Tiki as well too, which, once again, is totally understandable as well too. Yep. But, hey, Carlton, but Carlton, are, Carlton are going to – I reckon going to be um, probably in the eight next year. Hold that. Can you just hold that thought for me? Because that is, that is one of my quick hands for tonight. All right. What, what, what stunned me about last round? There were three teams that – that blew big leads. and They blew them big time. The Bombers, mm-hmm. Carlton, and the Bulldogs all gave out big leagues during the game mm-hmm. and lost. Now, once or twice, but it seems to be happening that even six goals down now, you're not out of it because of the rapidness of the games. Yep. Yep, uh, I mean, I, I remember last Friday when Geelong were down by six goals. I'm like, but that's done. <laughs> I turned it off. I went, you beauty. There's there's my multi coming in. Oh, yeah. And I lost a multi by one leg as well. Too. I did that. I did see me. that. Dusty, Dusty. Martin. Dusty Martin. He I had to get twenty. That. I got six out of my seven legs, and Dusty couldn't pick up twelve, uh, twenty possessions. He got seventeen, didn't he, or eighteen? He in does the that end. with his eyes closed. But that, yeah, that was that was massive on the weekend. Just to see how teams were so far out of it. Like Hawthorne were down by six against Essendon, mm-hmm. and they've turned that down. Turned, and that's what makes their loss against Hawthorne. I mean, Adelaide even more mind-boggling yep. because of what they did a few a few days earlier. Yeah, the Cats did it against the Doggies. But what about Carlton? Carlton was shooting for a game in game to uh, sorry a game to win to make the eight. Mm-hmm. 
and totally capitulated after half time. Yep. Yep. Like that's just that shouldn't be and, happening. No, and it's it's interesting because um you'd think with the shorter quarters and the shorter or shorter games overall that it's less time to chase down the lead. Um and we were seeing teams, you know, yeah, at the start of the season, being able to hold a two or three goal lead and sort of keep that for the season. Being the games are shorter, they can manage that. But now, as you said, we're seeing we're seeing big six, seven, you know, five, six, seven goal leads get run down, and run down quickly too. Well, well, I can tell you now. There's one person who there's one person on the radio. I'm talking you, Dwayne Russell, who has said. The 6-6-6 has made such a massive difference because they can't throw players behind the ball, the ball-ups, and it just makes it so open. It should be the way. Oh, it's been a revelation for the way the game's been played. It has not made a difference. It's made a difference. It has. Don't go. Don't go. If your players go. can't get your hands on the ball, that that ball is coming into your forward 50. Bing. Like that. You know it. You know this, Pep. Stop being a hater. I'm a hater. I can't stand it. You only had to watch the Port Adelaide Melbourne game. You guys couldn't get your hand on the ball and it was coming into our forward fifty like a bloody I don't know. We weren't chasing we weren't chasing waterfalls. It was just coming in. <laughs> it was a flood. Another 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 reason why of six, six, six works. I think you should be able to put anyone anywhere. I'm sorry. That's fair enough. You have to I, I adapt. You. you have to adapt. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it's no good with that. All right. Um, one thing that also came up on the weekend, and we spoke about it a little bit earlier in the episode, was Melbourne's magnificent win at the heartland of Australia yeah. in the Alice Springs. But the biggest thing to come out of it was the controversy over Christian Petrarca's last goal, where he took on, I think the last count that he was playing on seven opponents, <laughs> where he took a mark, but they didn't pay it, and he snapped it. If anyone hasn't seen the footage, do so, because it's just, it's amazing. Touched. And it's rolled across the goal line, and Dougal Howard, another turncoat leaving Port to go to the Saints for the money, mercenary, <laughs> got his hand on it, and because of the lack of goal line technology, potentially cost them a game, potentially cost them a spot in the eight, potentially could kick them out of finals. Yep. Apparently it was classified, well, they say as a third-tier game, meaning the mm-hmm. AFL just didn't even worry about putting... Because I thought it isn't going to happen, and it did. Yeah. And the good old AFL, being very reactive, have said every game these days, moving on, will have full goal line technology regardless of where we play. Yeah. So who's to blame here? Are we to blame the AFL for this? Yeah. Even though the goal umpire gave what they call a soft call, who was on the goal line to see it. So the goal umpire is there for a reason to make an adjudication, and he did. Do you blame the St Kilda players for not having three people getting drawn into a contest and no one in the square for the ball to pop out the back? Mm-hmm. Or do you blame Christopher Taraka for just being so awesome at what he did? <laughs> Look, I've got no problem with that being called a goal. Um, it's how it was. It was a goal. It was how it was seven years ago. No problem. It was a goal. And that's it. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean, mate. It was perfect. I love it. Now, yeah. I have to bring this one up because our, our, the great man is back. Good old Lee Mack is back. And we were speaking about Hawthorne. He missed it. 
But he said, Hawks have had their lick of the ice cream. In fact, they own the gelato truck for a long time. We are good, thanks. Well, like all good ice cream that's been around for a long time, it melts into a puddle and no one wants to go near it. And that's what the Hawks are at the moment. They are a puddle. But you're right. I would love to have had the success that the Hawks have had over so many years. And I will quite happily tell you, Jamie, that Lee has definitely told me over the years about the success that Hawthorne has had, especially over Melbourne. Every time we have a chat, regardless of where it is, say, do you remember the 1988 Grand Final? Because I do. Do you remember how much we lost by? Hey, could, could you imagine if Adelaide had two of the biggest losing records up until last night? Adelaide could have had the first winless season since, I think, the 1960s. Yeah, and Port Adelaide holding the the biggest record for a grand final loss ever as well too. It's it's a thing of beauty. It is a thing of beauty. But you know what also is a thing of beauty? This five thousand eight hundred and forty two. The day since Essendon last won a final. There's another record for you. But unlike the other two, this one will keep growing every single week. And because you want it, we'll keep bringing it back. Rightio, Jamie. Yes. Are you ready for some quick hands? I'm ready for the quick hands. Ready for some quick hands. Uh, listeners, put the comments in on our Facebook page. Viewers, leave it in the, the chat right now. Okay, some super quick hands. Let's get this bad boy going. Rightio, 17 hands. 17 game fixture. Do you want it to stay? Yes or no? And why? Yes, because it makes the games worth something. Makes the games worth something. The games are going a lot. For, oh, and on that, do you want the shorter quarters or do you want them to go back to normal quarters? That's a great question. Um, Falls Gary Lyon. Oh, I'm going to go, I want the traditional traditional quarters. You want traditional quarters? I agree wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Let's bring the normal quarters back, but I do like the 17-round season. That is a corker. And looking at like a lot of the listeners right now are definitely agreeing with us. Rightio. Quick hands for you again, Jamie. Also, 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 can we leave it at – but I do like the um, I do like the shorter the shorter breaks. Oh, like the five-day game breaks and those sort of things? Oh, no, no, sorry. I mean between the quarters. Quarters and halftime, shorter breaks. They're longer. Are they shorter? No, they're longer. Oh, God. That's why they get on the ground and stand there for two minutes doing nothing because yeah. they have to be – yeah, they're okay, longer. Right. Uh, right, so oh, so the, the consensus is keep the quarters at traditional length, but bring in the 17-game season. I love it. It's just awesome. I said it like, it's like the NFL, mate. It's like the NFL. They play a 16-game season. They don't play everybody, and every game means something. It's awesome. Every game is meaning something now. Right, quick hands. Yay or nay? Leon Cameron gets two more years at GWS. Should he have or should not he have? Absolutely not. No. Okay. I think, I think they, need to, they need to move on. He, he had, as as someone has said here, I think it was uh, Lee Mack said, they've had their lick of the ice cream. He's had the best talent on the park now for many, many years. Since 2013, no, nah, you had enough, mate. They've had enough chance. I think he, he, the, there's only so many times you can crash the Ferrari, mate, before someone goes, mate, we're not giving you the keys anymore. So, yeah, they're just going to keep getting their players every single year. It's turning into a bit of Groundhog Day with this mob, unfortunately. And But, you know, his record isn't isn't that bad. So, but I just don't think he can get anything more out of them. But who can? Are the players, you know, a couple of points coming up at the moment as well, who's going to take over? Is there anyone actually better than him 
to be able to do something with this group. Yeah. It's actually quite a fair point. It's, it's okay to get rid of someone, but you need someone who's got the capabilities and the credentials to do something with it. Well, There may not be anyone there. Well, I don't know. This is one of those things. There's now quite a few, um, what's it called? It's like level three AFL coaching um, accredited for the AFL. Would you rather have a degree or have the street smarts? Well, most of these players have had, most of these people are either ex-players. They've gone through systems. They've gone through coaching systems and they've got their qualifications. So they sort of had a good hybrid of it all. Um, Leon Cameron was, I mean, well-known, but... Un, you know, untested at AFL level. Well, he'd been at he was at one of the he was at GWS virtually since Sheedy took over, so he's been there since day dot. Yeah, he was the right man because remember it came down to Mark Williams was also going to be the one who was going to virtually take over from them. Yeah, and then that never eventuated. Yeah, great one, great ones come off Clarko. What about Clarko? Ooh, could you imagine Clarko with that? Could be Hawthorne two point I don't know. Part of me, part of me goes. Um, does Clarko another one? Yeah. Does Clark does Clarko want to be the guy who's almost known as the Ross Line of the system? Like we know what Ross Line does with clubs. Does Clarko want to be like that, or does Clarko want to be there for Hawthorne to rebuild them um, from properly, like proper nothing? Well, I probably agree with that one. I think with the one that, that especially the, the last point that you made, the thing with Ross Line is that he he drained the well. Yep. Um, both those teams, Fremantle and St Kilda, he got he got them to as much as he possibly could and had nothing nothing down as well. The interesting thing is he reminds me of oh, the soccer coach. I've gone blank. Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho does exactly the same things with his clubs. Yeah, gets the most out of his players, leaves and, and and just dregs, mate. Absolute dregs. I don't know. He's going to have to do something. This might be his last contract. Yeah. But if they play like they did against, like they did on the weekend, they've got a lot to show up. All maybe right. Ken, maybe Ken Hinckley can go up there. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Gold Coast or Carlton, who has had the better 2020? Oh, that's a really good question, Peps. That's a top one. Um, I'm going to say Gold Coast. Okay. I'm going to say Gold Coast because even though Carlton have been more competitive, um, they haven't got a, they haven't got a huge amount of wins. I think that the Suns, I think they have not only looked way more competitive, but have also had some good wins as well at the start when they had you know Matty Rail up there. If you have a look at the ladder, right? So they're sitting on twenty two and twenty four points respectively. So Gold Coast mm-hmm. twenty two, Carlton yep. on thirteen. Because Gold draw, Coast yep. have played that extra game, keep that into account. But Gold Coast have a higher percentage. And one of the things that people have always said um, is that don't just look at wins, look at the percentage. A percentage is a very, very good indication of where a team is. Yeah. That's actually a very good point because even though Gold Coast have been losing, they've actually scored more points than they've conceded over the course of the year. Yeah. Which is a, meaning that you're in games a lot longer. Alice going up there, Greenwood going up there has been sensational. Anderson coming on board. Raul is, we, 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 we'll sing his praises to, to high heaven. King is going to be brilliant for that mob. Rankin's going to be magnificent for that mob. Ainsworth had an absolute pearler on the weekend. They've just got a lot of quality there. But then you have a look at Carlton and what they've been able to do under Teague. They're mm. in just as good as position. 
yeah. if I had to say which out of those two teams would I think have the better chance of winning a grand final first, I would definitely have to say Gold Coast. I think there's just more upside to Gold Coast lists. Yeah, I think as I said, I'm just reiterating, but you basically what you said is perfect. They they are they are both trajecting upwards. Um, it's just a matter of for Carlton people, is this enough success that you've seen from previous years upwards? Um, and Gold Coast, is this enough success? And are you happy with where the club is heading now after one, two, three, four, five? Where are we heading now? 13, 10 years in the system. Yeah. We're finally I, starting to see a result. Yeah, well, you got to remember that. they were. There was the year that Ablett did his shoulder. They were looking to like making finals that year. And as soon as he went down, the yep. the, deck of, the house of cards fell over. Yeah. A good point, though, is, is that one has had to earn it. The other one has had the keys of the city. Yet, mm. unfortunately, even though they got the keys of the city, it was somewhere where no one wanted to live, except for the no. retirees being players that just wanted to go up there for a cash cow. That's about yep. it. So I do, I do think Gold Coast, but I'm excited by what Carlton have done. And you know, if, if they can have a fit row and get a couple others, Rory Atkins is another one that's looking at pulling in next year to get that experience up there. Yeah. Could be. Could be both those teams making the eight next year. Mm-hmm. All right. Rightio. Final quick hands for tonight, unless somebody has one on the, the chat or has decided to, to write one in. Quick hands. Who should be in the Hall of Fame? Tony Modra, Sav Rocker, Stephen Milne, or Gary Bacanara? That's a big question because at the moment, none of these four are in there. Before I go ahead and give you a decision, just for the, for the people who don't know much about these players, I'm just going to give you a bit of a snapshot, nothing more than that. So for Tony Modra, he's the leading goal kicker at the Adelaide close. Crows. He played a total of 165 games, kicked 588 goals, two times All-Australian, Coleman medal winner, three times AFL Mark of the Year, AFL Goal of the Year, um, is in the South Australian Football Hall of Fame. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sav not in there as well. Sav uh, had played, where is it? Uh, 257 games. 748 goals. He was a Collingwood best and fairest. He's in the VFL, AFL, Italian team of the century. Collingwood uh, leading goal kicker, North Melbourne leading goal kicker as well too. So a big bunch of goals behind him as well too. Massive star. Next one, Stephen Milne, 275 games, 574 goals as a small forward, leading goal kicker at the... Saints four years, All-Australian team twice, preseason premierships twice as well. Yep. And the last but not least, and we are going back a bit here, and I think this is the, the difference out of them all, is Gary Bacanara. 226 games, 419 goals, three-time All-Australian, Hawthorne team of the century player, four-time Hawthorne premiership player, VFL team of the year. He's got everything under the sun except... AFL Hall of Fame. Yep. Out of that lot, who do you say yes to and who do you say no to? Um, all have got huge, huge, I don't know. To me, it's, it's all about cult status and they've all got it. They've all got it. Like I mean, we used to love watching Tony Modra just literally just take huge marks. He was a hanger man. Sav rocker because, I don't know, just – 
I don't know, left or right. <laughs> no, mate. If if Sav was within seventy and he got on the barrel, yeah, look out. Yeah, he was I'll, a beast. I actually probably enjoy more Stephen Milne's work post footy with all the um little ads he does. Yeah, <laughs> like I just think he's actually quite a funny man. But I mean, based on all that, I mean, if I if I ripped apart the AFL Hall of Fame at the start of the year about the good bloke factor. The person who wins clearly on merit is Gary Bacanara. Definitely. Well, well, we'll just forget about 1987 prelim when he decided to rip the heart out of every Melbourne supporter. At the game, once again, I was out there. Can I say one thing, though? Here's a, we, there is one player who is going to get in on the good bloke, good bloke factor alone. Mm-hmm. Cyril Rioli. Yep. Okay. He's going to get in. Good bloke, fact up, no doubt about it. Here's the thing, though. 189 games, 275 goals. That's it. Now, he did play in four premierships. I give him that. He won a Norm Smith. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, if you lined what he did up against what Milne did, Milne destroys him. Yeah. But Milne won't get in because of the nice guy factor, which we've spoken about. Yep. So often. Yep. Yep. I don't know. It's Yes, I mean, we spoke about Lenny Hayes at the start of the year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I know, I know our mate Tommy Wayne's having a bit of a listening today, and that's, that's, that's one guy who he'll say deserved it, and there's a lot of people who say he didn't. Look, good on him for getting in, but there's a little, when you put Buck and Arrow against Lenny Hayes, there's, there's, not, there's not much else he could do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, quick, uh, quick hands. Does uh, Alex Neil Bullen have nudes of Goodwin? I reckon he's actually in the nudes with him. <laughs> because we ask that question every single week ourselves. He, look, he, he's, he's Melbourne's Tom, oh, funny, he's Melbourne's Tom Scully because Tom Scully was from Melbourne. He runs a lot too, just doesn't get near it. Poor bloke did. Lay a sling tackle, got four weeks. There's been about four others since then, and no one got injured. No. <laughs> Sorry, Mac. Cyril does not eat Milne. No, don't agree. All righty. Uh, Jamie, anything that you want to quickly ask? Anything you want to bring up uh, as we get into the uh, the final wrap-up for tonight's episode? Um, did I miss this week's video of you being excited about the win? No, I didn't have Melbourne? one. Didn't, no, didn't have one. That's all right. I'm just thinking people might have been asking that question was where was Pep's excitement video because, you know, we do have a good, we do have a good, um, a, a good map between us who is a big St. Kilda man and you did get on the, on the uh, chat. Yep. But I thought I haven't seen a video from Pep's about the win. No, there wasn't one this weekend. There okay. wasn't one. Uh, a few people have been a little bit, a little bit concerned uh, about my health. Uh, a couple of people have said you look like you're either going to have a stroke or a heart attack when you get too fired up. So I decided to just take it easy. Uh, not to say they won't be back. They lose to Sydney tomorrow oh, night. It, this... could, it, it could be back. So don't don't think just because it wasn't there for a week that it's gone forever. Yeah. All right. Um, I will also say that I think Cyril should get in as well. But I think Milne deserves it as well. Can I just give you an interesting fact before we wrap up for tonight? Sure. So out of the top 
16 players, the top 14 players in the AFL who have kicked the most goals. Mm-hmm. Actually, I could actually... I might even go down to the top 16. Out of the top 16 players, there's only one, because Barry Hall's in the AFL Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. There's only one player that's not in there. Who's that? Sav Rocker. Well, there you go. It's goals alone. So it's... You know, and you've got people underneath him like Peter Hudson, Carey, uh, Dick Lee's in there, Bob Pratt, and uh, David Neitz and a few others as well that are in there. It just must have been an admin error. It's, it's got to be an admin error. But you know what's you know it's not an admin error? Just how much we love our listeners. We, we love our listeners every single week. We know without you guys, we love this show, and it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Hey, listen... Um, J Dog, anything, any, any parting words for the for the group before we no before we finish I mean, up this week? I mean, Port Adelaide again is like I don't know how we spent like what a billion weeks now on top of the ladder. Mm-hmm. What else? Life, life is good. Yep, life is good. And last one before we finish up, quick hands, two mm-hmm. of them. Will the Saints fall out of the eight? Do I answer now? Yep. No. Will Melbourne fall out of the eight? Yes, because it'll be up to Melbourne and they'll absolutely bottle it somewhere. They probably will. Hey, listen, everybody who's tuned in tonight, thank you very much. Like I said, without you guys, we don't have a show. We do it for you because we love you every single week. Can you do us a favor, though? Can you share? When, when this video goes live, share it with your friends, share it with your family, put it on a page. Just share everyone. Leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us a review. Tell us how good we are. We already know how good we are. But just just, just tell everybody how good we are because more and more people need to discover that this is the single greatest live AFL podcast this side of the Westgate Bridge in Melbourne. Um, and look, look at this. I just got – now I'm getting questions of F1, Peps. Ah, oh, jeez. Jeez, 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 jeez. Do you get questions? Do you do you know about Formula One, Peps? What's that, mate? Do you know think about Formula One? Oh, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was that right? No, I'm just just asking. Was that? Oh no, we're just a bit, we got to break. Uh, Lee Mack and I are about to have a conversation about uh, Ocon. Ocon. I thought that was Paul Ocon, a soccer player. That's <laughs> <laughs> one. I didn't know there was soccer on the weekend. Paul Ocon. Yeah, there you go. Um, Lee Mack, I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly just tell you now. I am so excited for 2021 with uh, with having uh, Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris on the same team. Like I am legitimately wetting myself excited with that team just for the humor. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. We might have to have a Formula One po- podcast called Burnt Out. <laughs> Burnt Out. I like it. I like it. Hey, listeners. I'm Chris Pepper. I'm with the great man, Jamie Wallace. We'll be back at our regular slot next Tuesday night. Once again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, everybody, for just being with us every single week. Jamie Wallace, thank you very much, kind sir. Thank you. And this is Lace Out, and it's Lace Out because that's... How we like your footy. That's right. footy. Hope your team wins this weekend. Go, Dees! See you next week. See you, listeners. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. I'm your host, Chris Pepper, and with Jamie Wallace, we give you your footy how you want it. Ice out.